Bugaboo knows that parenthood is the greatest adventure you can go on. And when traveling with tiny partners in tow, there's all kinds of fun and mischief to be made. Welcome to a new mini series, Friends of Bugaboo, where I chat to mums who are always on the road or on the go, whether for work or play, they love to enjoy the adventurous side of life. In this mini series, I'm finding out their tips and tricks for traveling with little ones so you can make your next adventure a little more smooth sailing. This episode is proudly brought to your ears by Bugaboo's Butterfly Travel Pram and their new Butterfly Comfort Wheeled Board, the game-changing accessory which has been designed to help make family getaways and adventures with a baby and toddler run smoothly. In today's chat, I'm joined by Leah Williams, Sydney-based mama of three, content creator and marketing mentor. Leah is a natural-born mama. Kind and compassionate, she openly shares her journey of motherhood, from infertility to personal challenges her and her family are facing. She provides handy tips and tricks for getting out for adventures, to details on her surprise pregnancy with her third babe and how she navigated birth trauma. This chat felt like a warm hug from one mama to another, and I hope you feel the same. Here's Leah. Hello, Leah, and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. How are you today? Hello, I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on today. I'm so excited to chat to you today. Um, We are chatting all things mum life um, and traveling and working. Um, I know you are a busy mum of three, so I'm super excited to get a lot of your tips and tricks and hacks for how you run a successful home and have some fun adventures along the way. Um, But I do like starting the conversations, I guess, with the nature of what The Healthy Hustlers is all about, is to find out a self-care practice that you are prioritizing right now. Oh, it's so tricky, but I think it's so tricky to find time when you have little kids, especially for self-care. But at the moment, mine is definitely exercise. Um, that's like my non-negotiable at the moment. I'm doing a fitness challenge at the moment, um, which I've done before, which I really love. And I think it's just so important to carve out that time for yourself. It's really important. I know for my own mental health to just um, allow myself to give it, give myself that time. You really need it. I think I found after my third baby, I really, I mean, I had my third baby one week into the five month lockdown in Sydney. So um, Mm. it I was doing a lot of comfort eating and I was gave myself grace and space for that because I was like, this situation is really hard trying to have a newborn, a two-year-old and do homeschool. Um, so I was just like, yeah, you eat that tart every day, girl, like whatever, Put on you. Yeah, whatever <laughs> you need to do. But it's definitely been, you know, um, I've really tried to now get back into building up my strength again. And I think especially after having three babies, your core is definitely not what it was and I noticed it especially in my back I was getting a sore back all the time because I was holding myself up using my back instead of my core Mm. um so yeah it's it's definitely a journey and it's something at the moment I'm really into just giving myself that 30 minutes every day to dedicate to doing my exercise I love that and I'm really glad that you mentioned that you gave yourself grace during that time because I think We can be so hard on ourselves, especially when periods are tough and we know how good we once felt. It's really easy to, you know, get that guilt and I should be doing more and trying to feel better. And I think sometimes if, 
yeah, just giving ourselves that grace and that space to just feel and know that you can move through this at a later period is so important. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that. How do you, when you say you prioritize that um, 30 minutes of exercise, how do you fit it into the day? Do you get up early before the kids or do you have a kind of dedicated time? Well, I try to get up early (laughs) before the kids, but my third is a terrible sleeper. Um, none of my kids have been like, those amazing sleepers are like, oh, my kids are sleeping through the night at 12 weeks. Like they've all started sleeping throughout one. Um, but she's one and a half now and she, yeah, we have some sleep issues there, but I don't want to say anything. I'm like touching all the wood, but the last week it's been better. So I'm like, oh, hopefully this is, this is it. Um, (laughs) So like, I would like to say that I get up early, but often I don't because I'm been up in the night for like a few hours and I'm just too tired for that. So I try to do it in the morning if I can while they're watching my kids will watch a show. And that's the other thing too. Like I think mums give themselves just too much pressure to be this perfect mum. So like, oh, you know, oh, they're watching TV. I'm just like, I don't care. If you watch TV for half an hour while I'm doing my exercise, fine. Like do it because this is what I need to do for me. So, I mean, with a one and a half year old, obviously she won't always sit and watch TV. So often my husband's at home, so he kind of helps juggle and do the breakfast yeah. stuff and I'll do my workout. Or sometimes I just do it while they're not there. Yeah, But love it. it doesn't have to look perfect. I think that's the thing too, is that you think like, oh, just give it a go. And sometimes I try and give a workout a go. I'll strap my toddler into a high chair. I'll like throw blueberries and raspberries at her and like just try and get her cucumber sticks to crunch on to stay in the chair for as long as I can. Um, Sometimes I will get through the whole thing and sometimes I have to call it tweets after 20 minutes, but like 20 minutes is better than no minutes. So I think this idea of, you know, having this calm zen workout when you have little kids is not always possible and just don't put that pressure on yourself if it looks a bit chaotic it's a bit messy you have to stop and start that's okay it's just my thing is just to get it done however that looks I love that you just so surrender to those moments and just make it happen that's awesome it's such a good approach and I'm with you with tv it is like my savior I just you know, I used to hold so much guilt when I only had my daughter for letting her watch TV. And now I'm like, it is my saving grace having a baby and a toddler. Like yeah. it's, it's a babysitter in itself. And we just and discovered so from much Rachel. from it. Have you oh, watched that yet? No. Oh, YouTube. Um, yeah. It's like my toddler loves it. And it's just, she, she does like songs and she does sign language and she shows them how to say words like using her mouth. Um, I love but that. she's That's so beautiful. She's my little baby is very into it. I'm like, oh yes, this is great. I can like do things while you're watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. My daughter's um started three year old kinder uh this week, and one of my close friends, her daughter is going to kinder with her, and her daughter hates having her hair done. Whether my daughter loves like having mm. every day she's got a different hairdo and it's like yesterday she had like little piggy buns in her hair and she'll have pigtails and bows and and my girlfriend said to me how do you get her hair like that and I'm like it's seriously tv and characters like she becomes obsessed with these like tv characters and wants to look like them and be like oh mum I want hair like so and so on tv so I'm like <laughs> it's been the best hack for like getting her um hair done but yeah I just feel like they they can learn so much. And another, like, like, you know, another way of talking and having conversations that are different to us in the home as well, which I really like. She'll pick up, yeah, really nice ways of speaking and stuff. And I guess yeah. if you're always mindful of what they're watching, like, yes. yeah. 
Well, my daughter's picked Nothing up, like, it. my toddler's picked up all these words literally since she started watching this show about a week ago. Um, yeah. She's saying all these other words and, like, some of them are from the show. So, we're, because she teaches you how to, she has, like, really close-ups on how you use your mouth um, yes. to say the word, I think that's really helped her. I'm like, oh, this show is great. Love That's this. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I think it's, yeah, I think it's so nice for them to have that you know and when especially when they don't nap and that they need that kind of chill out yeah I'm like she needs that chill out time to just like zone out and not always be on the go on that hamster wheel so totally. um Leah is there a healthy habit that's really helping you and your family thrive at the moment I try as much as I can to give my family really nourishing food um that's a pretty big emphasis we place a big emphasis on that in our family obviously I have a real sweet tooth, so we love a good treat, but um, I try to give my kids, I guess, really wholesome um, food that isn't processed as much as I can. I'm not perfect by any means, um, but, you know, that just looks like making sure that they're eating a whole big range of foods and sometimes they will, sometimes they won't, but we just give it our best shot. And I think the other thing that we do that I really like, and we started this about probably about six months ago is at dinner at the dinner table every night we talk we each go around the table and we talk about just a quick rundown of what we did that day what our favorite thing was and something we found really hard and it's really interesting having those conversations with your kids so my kids are one's just turned seven one's just turned four and then obviously one's one so the one four-year-old don't often have much to say but I think just even them seeing us do it, um, sometimes my four-year-old has something to say as well. But definitely with my seven-year-old, she has some really interesting things to say sometimes. I just think it's a really nice way just to kind of um, wind down and talk about your day and it's a good way for her to talk about something's been worrying her. Like it's, it's just an opportunity to open the table to have a chat about it. Creating such a safe space for her to yeah. Yeah, communicate. That's really nice. I think those sort of things too are like such beautiful ways of like forming a a family's, you know, foundation for communication for the rest of their life almost, Mm. you know, if you're forming that safe space from such an early age, it only continues to allow them to feel safe. So that's so beautiful. It's so funny what they come out with as well. Mm. Even my three-year-old, some of the things she tells us are like... That's hilarious. Like you just want to be inside their little mind sometimes, like yeah. experiencing the world as they are. It's oh, so cool. It is. And like my daughter, she obviously she's seven and she's in year two and she just started back at school yesterday and like, oh, she's just started. It breaks my heart where they get really upset by a friend and she last yesterday, her sad thing, her thing she found hard was she wanted to sit next to her, her best friend, um, at the t- at the school table, and she said she didn't want to sit next to her. Oh, um, she was so upset. Um, but I just think that practice of what we do, doing that every night, is so great because it gave her the chance to talk about it. And yes. otherwise, she may not have, and it, it would have. I know what would have happened is she would have gone to bed, and she wouldn't have been able yep. to get to sleep, and then it would have come out then in this big crying, you know, hysterical sort of thing for an hour because um, she would have been thinking about it in her bed. Yes. Oh, that is so, that's so beautiful. Such yeah. a beautiful little ritual for you to all share together. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your family? Who yes. who makes up your family? So there is myself and my husband and we've been together. I was trying to work it out the other day. I think 13 years, I think. 
Um, wow. I actually can't remember. I think it's 13 years. You kind of lose track. You get lost in it sometimes, don't you? Um, <laughs> My husband and I always argue if it's 12 years or 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know it's it's not 15 and it's over 10. Yeah. So let's go in there. Um, and then there's my daughter, my big girl who is has just turned seven. My little boy has just turned four. And then my little girl who has is one and a half. I think she's like 18 months or 19 months, something around there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Love it. And did you always envision yourself with three children? No, no. So um, I had quite a lot of infertility struggles. So my first two are from IVF. Um, and so I really never planned to have two kids. I actually remember, um, I used to a long time ago be an EA and my boss at that time who I was, um, working for had three kids and I just, my, like my mind was just blown as to how (laughs) that was humanly possible. And I used to say to her, like, how do you do this? This is just insanity. And I remember saying that to her when I went back to work after I had my first being like, I can't even imagine like, this is just insane um and so I just always and I think too when you have infertility um you also you don't you know plan that far ahead so once we had one I was like okay we've got one if we don't get another then at least we have one baby and you know what will be will be um and we did IVF again and then we had my second um and yeah it's actually a bit of a funny story but we I kind of then started thinking like oh I feel like maybe we could have a third and my husband's like that's just an insane idea like he wasn't like no way but he was just kind of you know doing that bit of like laughing like haha like that's insanity because two's hectic two's busy yeah Yeah, three's just I don't know I just when people to say what's it like having three kids I say it's beautiful chaos Yes. yes yeah I could imagine that yeah um totally but yeah so and then uh, I was kind of like oh you know and we knew we had four embryos three three embryos still frozen and so you know he was like look let's just get through let's give it a bit of age gap get a little bit more time and then we could think about if we we do another round of IVF um and and have a third and I was like okay yeah sure now I'll just say we haven't used contraception at that point we hasn't used contraception for seven years because you know we tried for two years like round the clock to have a baby before we did IVF so we knew okay we were like we can't conceive you know um and so we were standing on the beach one day and I said to my husband I was just like I just feel like there is meant to be another baby here for us like I just feel like we are meant to have another baby I don't know why I can feel her she's a girl like I just I just feel like she's meant to be here and I was due for my period then and um I went home back to a house because we we're up the coast and um, it's like, oh, my period's late. That's weird. Oh, it's sometimes be a few days late. And then I got to kind of like seven days, eight days, nine days, 10 days. Uh-oh. And I told my friend, I was like, my period is 10 days late. She's like, ah, do you think you should do a pregnancy test? And I was like, well, no, because it's clearly going to be negative. I can't, like, yeah. I can't conceive. She's like, I think you should still do one. And by that point I was kind of thinking, okay, well, there's something weird because I have endometriosis. I was like, there's something weird going on. Like I need to um, probably go to the doctor if this period doesn't come anyway. So I was like, oh, I'll just do one. And in my head, I was like, I'm clearly not pregnant. But in my heart, I was kind of like, I kind of feel like I am. Um, 
so, but I was like, no, 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 I couldn't be pregnant. Anyway, I did a pregnancy test and I was pregnant. Um, How did you yeah. feel in that moment? Like, was that just having such a different experience? And I guess, you know, the third being such an intuitive feeling that you could potentially be pregnant. Like, what was that feeling, experience like for you? Yeah, it was amazing. It was like, I I don't think anything will ever surprise me in my lifetime as much yeah. as that. Yeah. And I just saw the pregnancy test and just sobbed because like, I just oh. couldn't. I couldn't believe it because I just was like, yeah. this wasn't supposed to happen. We'd, yep. uh, we'd done two rounds of IVF. I'd always been told our chances of conceiving because we have infertility on both sides. Our chances of conceiving are like 3%. That was so small. Um, and, yeah, it just happened. And the other thing too, like it's not like when you, you know, had been together for 12, 10 years by that, at that point, 11 years, whatever, who knows, I don't know. Um, and you have two kids that you're like, having sex all the time yeah, exactly. so like, not like when we were trying very to have minimal a baby the first time and we were like you know yeah. tracking doing all totally. the things um she so was just, just meant to be yeah. she's so meant for you yeah, yeah so that's meant, so cool so meant for us so that's how that's my long story of if we'd planned to have that's three. amazing yeah I love that you got to have that experience as well that's so beautiful and yes. just yeah um Are you ready to make your next family adventure run smoothly? Then look no further than Bugaboo's lightweight butterfly pram and new butterfly comfort wheeled board. The perfect solution when long walks lead to tired legs or you're traveling with two little tots in tow. The Bugaboo Butterfly Pram, which is available in three colours, Midnight Black, Stormy Blue and Forest Green, is the perfect solution for mini travellers and families who love adventures. While the Bugaboo Butterfly Comfort Build Board is a new game-changing accessory that helps travelling with a baby and toddler run smoothly. The Butterfly Pram has a convenient and easy to use one second fold and ultra comfort design, ensuring a seamless transition between adventures. Whether you are boarding a plane or strolling the shops, the Bugaboo Butterfly is the perfect solution. And now you can add the Bugaboo Butterfly Comfort Wheel Board, which weighs only one kilo and attaches to the Bugaboo Butterfly in just a few minutes. As a busy family of four who enjoy traveling, we love our Bugaboo Butterfly. It is so easy to pack, has great sunshade coverage, and easy to wheel through the bustling streets or on the beach tracks. From day naps on the go to adventures that result in tired babes, we love having Bugaboo there to support our little fam and make getaways feel more achievable. You can click the link in the show notes or you can head direct to bugaboo.com to find out more. I would like to know though, like for you personally, obviously, you know, we we both probably know that as a mum, so much shifts and changes for you when you do become a mum especially that first time it's so life-altering what would you say have been kind of the biggest changes in you personally since you first became a mum and have there continued to be other changes as you've evolved as a mum of three yeah I think I'm always changing um, as my kids get older and we come across different hurdles um, different challenges I think the biggest thing for me though has been learning to let go and adapt and Mm. just be more open to trying to go with the flow and that I can't control everything 
Yeah. And just just surrendering to it because the more I feel like you try to control everything, the more stressful it is. Um, And I think also I've changed in that I think I've become a much more compassionate and open person to um, other people's experiences. I think since I've been through, you know, some challenges like infertility and postpartum depression and birth trauma, um, those experiences have really opened my mind to just be more compassionate to people and learn about, you know, lots of different experiences. So true that you just really never know what someone's going through and something sometimes things can look so shiny and well put together on the outside and you know you actually just don't know what's going on inside them and for them. I think motherhood has this crazy way of like really cracking you open mm. like it just brings out these parts that yeah you didn't once have as much consideration into or you know it's yeah it's wild what it can do to you but it's such a beautiful experience too, isn't it? To be able to have those new parts and those, you know, that for you, that compassion and, and seeing things from other people's perspective, they're beautiful things to have, but it's, they had almost times and lessons to go through to get there. Yeah, I think so. I think I have, because I have, um, you know, like an online profile. So I have this really yeah. beautiful online community. And so yep. often not all the time. I won't always share things as I'm going through them. Sometimes I have, like when I was going through, working through birth trauma and PTSD after my second baby, I definitely, that was a journey that I definitely shared online as I was going through it. Mm -hmm. Um, But other things I have shared kind of once I've shifted past it a little bit, but I have this really amazing experience where I get to have this beautiful community that will support and uplift me as I'm sharing um, my story and I get to relate to so many different people that I probably wouldn't have the chance to do that if I didn't have this um, kind of online space so it's a really yeah. interesting and unique um, experience I think and it's so helpful for me like we've been going through something recently with one of with my middle child and there were so many times where um, I, I hadn't shared online until re- just recently and as I just didn't have the capacity to, but there were so many times with my husband, I was like, I wish I could just ask people online the answer to this, this, yeah. like, cause they will know, like they will know how I get this, you know, funding. They will know like, which is the best specialist for this. Like it just, they always know, you know, like totally. so many things yeah. I found out, like my second child had a tongue tie and I knew for so long there was something wrong with breastfeeding and it just was yes. not working and I kept raising it and raising it and I just got dismissed and it was not working and it was literally from me talking on stories and he was feeding at the same time that a few people picked it up picked and it they up. said I can hear his tongue clicking like I can hear the clicking that yes. he's doing because that's what often babies with tongue ties make this clicking sound and they'll come on, yes. on and off the breast and um, they were like, your baby has a tongue tie. I'm so certain of it. Go and see this specialist in Sydney. Like, and and that's what I did. You know, even though I'd been raising it, raising it, and the health professionals at the time weren't listening to me. It's through the that you know, community. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Amazing. It's so beautiful. I really resonate with that with what you were saying as well. Because with my first, I feel like I didn't share much, but it was like now reflecting back. 
it was an easier journey. She was a great sleeper. She was a great feeder, like all the things. It was just me becoming a mum, which was like mm. the hectic side. But with my second, he just had, he's had everything under the sun, like um, colicky baby, eczema, allergies. He's just had his first anaphylactic um, reaction to cashews on the weekend, which was the most hectic experience, um, which I haven't spoken about online yet because I haven't fully processed it. But um, having that community, I often think is just such a privilege to have those people and just how generous people are mm. and how much they want are so happy to help and support. And I've learned so much as well from other mums. You know, even when my daughter wouldn't brush her teeth, I was like, how do I change this? Like, and my inbox was flooded with ideas and now she brushes her teeth every day because of the ideas that yeah. I got. And um, it is, it's so nice, but you know, you're giving so much back to them as well by sharing your experiences and allowing people to be, feel seen and less alone. So mm. um, what did that postnatal journey, if you're comfortable talking about it, how did you, I guess, move out of that um, um what were the things that really helped you yeah so as I said so I developed postpartum um sorry post post-traumatic stress disorder and that um was after experiencing birth trauma with my second and I saw a psychologist and I did yeah. I always say this around the wrong way EMDR therapy I don't know if you've heard of it. It's eye movement desensitization. I always get what it stands for wrong, but it's this weird thing. It's kind of where they, it's hard to describe it. They'll hold up like a um, a laser and they move it back and forth or they can do it with their hands. Ah. They move it back and forth and you follow it with your okay. eyes and you talk through in different, in different components of the traumatic the trauma, basically. Okay. Yeah, wow. Okay. And what it does is it helps change the way your brain waves kind of hold that memory, if that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. So it's a bit – it sounds That's a bit That's so interesting. Wacky, um, but – and, yeah, I spoke to a few people who had done it before I started it and they were like, you just have to go with it. And yep. it's really hard. It's really challenging. Obviously, it's like really traumatic putting yeah. yourself because you kind of put yourself back in the trauma, like you're in there. Yes, so you're almost re-experiencing it. Yes, yep. um, the emotions. That's right. So yeah, and it, it, I didn't. It's not something. I mean, who enjoys it? I didn't enjoy it. It was. I, I hated it. So after the first session, I got home and I just like cried for three days, and I was like, "This uh, is horrible. I don't think I can do this." But yep. then they're kind of like, "That's how you're supposed to feel," you know? Yes, and that it's release. Also, all of your body kind of releasing and letting go of the trauma that you probably had been holding on to yeah wow how powerful but intense yes very intense yeah yeah and I hope you don't mind me asking that I just feel like there's so I struggled yeah pretty bad after my second and it can just feel so isolating and at that time the heaviness like the weight of what you're experiencing feels like it's never going to lift and so I feel like the more tools people have or things that they can explore makes it so much easier because yep. it's hard to even think about how to get the help when you're in that you know you, you you're at capacity you know your your brain's just at total capacity of what it can take and think and feel yeah, definitely. so and I think thank you for sharing that too with birth trauma is part of it is recognizing that 
a lot of what I found challenging was that it's okay to feel two things at once. So it's okay to feel, you know, because everyone will say to you when you are going through birth trauma that, oh, you got a healthy baby and that's all that matters. But it's not. Like, it's not all that matters. Yes, you got a healthy baby and that is great and that is amazing and obviously that is so important. But your experience and what you went through, what you lived through, matters too because you take that with you for the rest of your life and that's always going to impact you and it's going to impact you your day-to-day it's going to impact how you mother your newborn and your capacity to be there for them and to be the best mum that you can be so it's just that line of oh you know you've got a healthy baby I I hated that because I had people say that to me as well and it's okay to feel happy and to feel so appreciative that you have this beautiful healthy baby but it's also okay to feel absolutely devastated for what you went through you articulated that so beautifully I think that's such an important message and it's definitely something I learned personally as well with my journey with my second of like you know everyone was like oh but you know he's not that's like he's not in hospital you know he's he's home with you in your arms and I'm like Yes, I understand that. And yes, obviously my heart is so grateful that I have technically a healthy baby, but he's still very unsettled. This is still so hard and so challenging for me and it's allowed to be my heart. Like Mm. I don't have to always, I'm allowed to feel this because it's challenging and it's like allowing myself to sit in those emotions and to call things hard and to say, you know, when things were too challenging or too overwhelming was so important for me to be able to get through those periods instead of just suppressing all of those feelings and trying to just always focus on the positives that can sometimes be damaging as well so So, and that's the thing too like everyone's heart is different everyone's heart is going to look different and every someone's always going to have a harder heart than you you know what I mean like it's like so true someone else's birth may have been much more traumatic than what mine was and might have ended up in a different result but I wasn't that's not what my experience was and your experience is your experience and that's all you know it's okay to feel however you need to or however you want to about your own experience absolutely and yeah exactly what you said like you haven't experienced someone else's hard so how can that be hard for you you know it's just yeah so I think honoring that is is so important especially you know in motherhood and I'm sure there'll be other things that we go through you know later in life you know with our children and hopefully not but I'm like I'm sure there'll be hurdles and you look back and think you know, I know I always look back now and think, oh, my first newborn, that was so easy. Why didn't I just think that was easy? But yeah. at the time, it was its own, cha- you know, it had yeah. its own challenges. So um, I did want to shift gears a little bit, though, and let's get into some fun stuff. <laughs> um, because I know you're in a family that loves adventure and you're busy, you're a working mum, you've got three kids, you love the adventurous side of life. Um, we're back traveling now, which is such an exciting thing for the world to, and you know, us in Australia, especially to be able to do again. What are some, you know, tips and tricks that you and your husband love to use when it does come to packing up the three kids and taking them on a fun adventure? Firstly, have a list. Yeah, I <laughs> Always love have it. A list. Um, we have a packing list that we share, and you know, it's tick box of off once it's packed. My other big thing, though, and I don't know if this is very positive, but is when it comes to like the travel, actual travel component of like getting to where you need 
to be is just expect the worst and then be pleasantly surprised if it's not. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Especially that's anything good. with flights, like just expect the absolute worst. Don't expect that you're going to be able to sit there and watch a movie. Like just don't, don't expect it. Just expect that it's going to be terrible. And if it is not, if it's anything better than that, then like just absolute bonus. Um, but I think, you know, things like packing cubes, super helpful, love a packing cube. But I think the big thing that we really notice too is just trying to keep some sort of flow to your day so some sort of routine and keeping your kids um, aware of what is happening that day I think you have to accept that traveling and holidays and trips are never they're never a break you know yes so true. <laughs> it's just parenting in a different location and honestly I find sometimes it, it can be harder like it's always worth it but it can be harder like you go somewhere that's not baby proof properly and if you've got a kid you know at a certain age you have to follow them around all the time because they're trying to climb the table and you know so I think but having some sort of flow to your day so that your kids know what to expect and making sure that you are not expecting too much of them because they're out of their comfort zone they're out of you know, their safe place and they probably don't perhaps have their usual tools they would have to regulate themselves and keep themselves calm. So we always try to do things like we'll go out in the morning and then we'll come back to wherever we're staying and we will have like a good two or three hours there. And that might be because my little one needs to nap. My other two might go on the iPad. They might watch a movie, read books, but it's just to have that space for them to just have a break from you know wherever we are and then we might do something again in the late afternoon whether that's you know going out at four o'clock and having dinner at five o'clock and then coming back but I just think we just never expect too much from our kids when we're away because you know it's it's all new for them and you just can't expect that they're just going to adapt and change and go out for dinner and stay awake till nine o'clock and not be kicking the table underneath you know like you just have to you just have to give them that space to um to have some downtime as well I just think it's really important absolutely I that is such epic advice I feel like I'm definitely going to take that one on board about keeping the flow of the day because we often do expect way too much from them and just being in new environments in alone is so stimulating for children you know new smells new things to look at see do you interact with so yeah that's awesome advice do you have kind of like a favorite memorable travel moment or a holiday or something that you and your husband always go back to and kind of like live in those experiences for a few moments or relish in. Like, so my husband and I eloped in Bali and with my daughter when she was two um, yep. and that was just really beautiful um, really beautiful trip and she walked me down the aisle and that was just oh. I'll always remember that it was just really amazing um, but the flight the flight back oh my god was the worst when I say expect the worst I think like we were at this point where we first child so we like didn't know this whole expect the worst thing yeah. and it was an overnight flight and oh my they're the worst from Bali aren't they oh, my kids just aren't 
I don't know. They're just, they're not those kids who like sleep anywhere, you know, like, yep. you know how online you sometimes see kids and they're like, the parents are out for dinner and it's nine o'clock and the kids are just laying asleep on the, on the, like, yes. the cushion yeah, bench yeah, yeah. thing. I'm like, what? My kids don't do that. When they're tired, they don't sleep. They just go feral. Yes. Like they just go absolutely feral. So we'd kept her, we'd done, you know, a late afternoon nap for her and we'd We'd like tried to plan the whole thing. We're like, yes, yeah, she's tired. We're like running around the airport. This is great. She's going to crash. We're going to have a bit of food and then you'll go to sleep. Um, anyway, she did not follow our plan. And that, so that flight's like you get on the How 11. How dare her. <laughs> you get on at 11 o'clock and then you get to Sydney at 6 a.m. I think it is, 7 a.m. maybe, 6 a.m. And she was awake nearly the entire time. Oh, and she wow. was like, you know, first started out being playful was like trying to play with the people behind us like peeking through and they thought it was cute and funny for you know 15 minutes and then they're like right it's time to go to sleep now or I'm trying to watch my movie and they were getting so pissed off with us and then she was putting her head over the seat like kicking the seat like making the seat shake and then she moved on from the playful stage to just the screaming tantrum stage so we were awake the entire flight and she fell asleep 40 minutes before landing. <laughs> wow. And it was just, yeah, we always talk about that flight. We're like, that was a flight from hell. It was oh, just, yeah. They're the experiences that, like, every parent doesn't want to have. <laughs> no, but you know what? Like, it gives you a good story and you've got something to compare to. I'm like, can't ever be as bad as that flight. Like, can it? Hopefully not. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. So I guess now when you travel, like, especially cause you've got three and there's obviously only two of you, how do you, do you have any like accessories or things that you use to kind of keep everyone in check and I yes. guess keep it as smooth sailing as possible? Yes. Yeah, so I have always been pro strapping a child into whatever device you can. Yep. Um, so a small travel pram is essential. Don't ever check it in. Don't do that. You need to have that on the flight with you. Oh, totally. Oh. I agree. <laughs> Some of my friends when we first traveled were like, oh, just check it in so you don't have to take it on board. I'm like, no, no, no. You need that. So right can, to like, the door. <laughs> yes. That's it. I like literally as soon as, you know, well, not even off the plane, I'm like putting it up and putting her in, putting a child into it, strap them in, especially with three so that you can, we haven't, we haven't, um, flown anywhere with three yet but we will be soon so that'll be an experience but definitely a travel pram that you can take on board that folds up easily and goes overhead um yeah. and the other one is why you don't want to check it in is why you're waiting for all your baggage to come you just having them strapped into something while you're going through customs and they're tired it is so much easier if they're strapped in and a baby carrier that's my other essential which having three will be essential because my four-year-old will be strapped into the pram and then the toddler will be in the baby carrier. So we know that they're safe and strapped in. They're not going to run away or get lost or do any of that. Yeah. Oh, it's so important, isn't it? My first was a COVID baby, so she didn't really get to travel or um, that much. And so we've gone straight to basically traveling with two. And so Mm. it's so hectic, but luckily she still loves the pram. But yeah, when we went to Bali, that was a few people had said to me, take your travel pram straight, like to the door, like go all the way. And thank God we did that because she ended up falling asleep. Our three-year-old before we boarded the night flight home. Mm. And so she fell asleep in the travel pram and I literally just like carried her into the seat and it was 
done. So she's a bit of a freak. She's one of those babies that does sleep anywhere. My son yeah. is a polar opposite and will wake at a pin drop. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it was super, super handy for her. But yeah, that's such good advice because you do see people checking him in at mm. the terminals. Yeah. I know. And so I was like, always like, like, oh, I don't think he can take them. And so many mums said to me, no, trust me, you can take it. It's a choice. So <laughs> I was yeah, like, so I'm glad I prioritised. Sure you have a bag to put it in. That's the only yes. thing. And like if, you yep. don't, if a pram doesn't come with a travel bag, you can use a European pillow slip. Ah, oh, that's a good hack. Yeah. That's cool. Yes. I didn't know that one. Yes. That's really handy. Yeah, it's um, yeah, definitely an essential, especially when you've got more than one in tow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and do you have uh, like a mum mantra or little affirmation that you like to use in moments of overwhelm or I guess when times just feel really a bit hard or frustrating, something that just helps to just get you through that moment and, and switch that mindset to a little bit more positive one? I think for me it's usually to take a, take a step back and pause, breathe, um, and try to regulate myself in that moment it's like that thing of, you know, that we say you've got to put your own oxygen mask on before you do. But it is, though, it's like especially if my child's um, in a moment where of distress or meltdown, they need my help and my assistance to calm them, which is, you know, a big part, I think, of a parent's job is to assist their child through those moments for them. Yes. I can't do that for them if I'm dysregulated. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I think a lot of the time is it to regulate myself first and then and then assist them and, and sometimes that means like um but I might need to leave the room so I might need to say mommy just needs a minute I'll be back in a minute and then I can help you um and I think those things are they're so great for you to do for not only yourself but they're great for your child to see you do it yeah, you know because it's that thing of your child does uh, yeah. behaves in the way you do so if you scream absolutely at them, yeah they scream at you they scream at your si- their sibling um it's funny my little boy he's been going through a lot with him he's just recently did that being diagnosed with autism and so we've been on this massive journey with him for the last six months going through that sort of um diagnosis yeah, wow. and assessments and but so we've been doing a lot of therapy sessions with the psychologist and a lot of it is so much about giving us the tools and strategies to help him. But he yes. said to me the other day, he said he was having a meltdown and um, he'd trashed the playroom. So he'd thrown all the toys everywhere. And I said, you need to clean this up. Like, let's clean it up together. And he, it was my mistake because he, he wasn't regulated enough yet to yep. help clean that up. And so okay. I then... I should have recognized that, but I didn't. And so I went away and said, I'm just leaving you for a little while to calm down. Um, I was just in the next room and he kind of hid himself away in a little hidey hole he goes into, which is what he often does. And I came back in and he said, mommy, I, I just needed to catch my breath. I said, he said, mom, I needed to catch my breath. My breath was so fast and I needed to catch it. So it was slow before I could clean up. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, you are so clever. Like just the – Wow, that awareness that, already. Yeah, just had that. But I think so much of that is because what we've been practising. Yeah, here. absolutely. But it's just like you are so self-aware. And, and that kind of links back into what I was saying before about like I can't help if I, him if I'm yes. dysregulated. So yeah. 
happy. And I was like, oh, you were so right. I'm so sorry. Like, mommy didn't realize that you weren't ready to pack away yet. Like, your body wasn't calm to pack away, was it? He was like, no, it wasn't calm. Um, oh, that's made me really emotional just, hearing that. Yeah, it just makes you it's so beautiful. They learn so much from what you do. Absolutely. Did you feel like a real sense of pride in that moment to just think? Because sometimes when you, and I couldn't even begin to imagine what it must be like on your end having to deal with those challenges but like you know like it's so hard to continue to use those tools when you've got kids that are so highly emotional like my three-year-old gets so worked up and like she'll scream at me I don't want to take a deep breath I don't and like you know in that moment I'm thinking is this getting through like am I just you feel like sometimes you're bashing your head against a wall with like but then they turn around and actually use those tools in their own moments. Mm. Did you feel that sense of pride of like these tools are working? Like yes. he's, he's listening? Yeah. yeah. It is. And it's those moments mean so much because there's so many moments where you're like, this is so fucking hard and I'm yeah. so sick of this. I am so sick of going to therapy, taking him to all these therapies each week and um, – but then you have those little moments. Like we had a really similar moment the other day with a banana. Now, I feel like bananas are the cause of so many <laughs> issues with kids. Like so many tantrums are over a bloody banana. <laughs> so my little boy has this thing about bananas. And if the, if you, when you peel it and it falls off, like he just, that's it. That's the world is over because for him, especially with kids who have autism, like it's about that he'd planned to eat the banana in a certain way. It was planned to eat a full banana that was in one piece. So for him, like that, that, that's yes, changed. Okay. That plan has changed um, yep. and that's really difficult for him. So I'm not trying to, um, you know, minimize his experience and his feelings because that's how he feels. And whether that's ridiculous to me, like that's irrelevant, yep. that's important to him. Um, yes. But so we would yep. usually have these epic meltdowns over the banana um, and he would refuse to eat it I'd often have to get another banana and like try and make sure that it was it didn't break off but he had this moment the other day where he peeled the banana I peeled a little bit for him because he has trouble peeling things so I gave it to him and it fell off and I was like oh fuck here we go in my head go, but he yeah. stopped for like two seconds and he looked and I said, because we've been practicing this concept of, is this a big problem or a little problem? And I said, hey, is this a big problem or a little? I said, I know the banana's fallen off and you really want to eat it as a whole thing. Is it a big problem or a little problem though? And he said, oh, mommy, it's just a little problem. I can still eat it. I'll just eat it in two. I was like, oh, my goodness. So just those little moments where you can see that all your hard work um, and all of his hard work is is really working. They're just, they're so so incredible and so special yeah Leah you are such a beautiful mum I've absolutely loved chatting to you it's been so nourishing to, to just chat to you I hope you know what an amazing job you're doing um, I can't even imagine having three let alone yeah dealing with those challenges so I hope you get to the end of every night and give yourself a big hug because you're absolutely incredible oh, what you're doing you. <laughs> thanks so much Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank I really appreciate it. Me. It's been so, so lovely. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. 
If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.